Hey, let's open our Bibles. Uh, John chapter 14. John chapter 14. A very simple message for you today. But I think simple is good in my mind because uh, that way I might be able to remember it. You know what I mean? So, John chapter 14, last time we, uh, we talked about the three things Patrick built his foundation and, and uh, to know him, to believe him, and then to ask him. And I talked about the asking part last time that we can ask for anything in Jesus' name. And he loves to do it. He will do it. He's faithful. He loves to answer our prayers. He loves to be there for us. It's If we pray in Jesus' name, which is like in accordance with his character, with, with who he is, his purposes, and his will, he, he will do it. And so part of, part of being able to pray that way is knowing him, knowing what he's like, what, who he is. And, and believing and trusting in him. So this week we're going we're gonna to go to the next two. Oops, wrong one. The next two that come in this passage, uh, John chapter 14. So we have know him, we have believe him, we have ask him. And this week is love him and obey him. That's the message. Love him and obey him. You see, it's all, this is all part of our relationship with God. You know, we're all... Uh, seeking to follow him the best that we can. And these are all facets of that, of knowing him, believing him, asking, we have prayer. But, but today we talk about loving him and obeying him. And, and Jesus kind of puts those two together. This idea of loving him and obeying him, but, but it's, it's all, again, part of our relationship with him and and truthfully, the relationship we have with God is a relationship of love. It's a relationship of love. He loves us first, and then we love him. But what Jesus brings out in this passage, in this chapter, like three or four times, is that if we do love him, and the proof of our love for him is that we obey him. The proof of our love for him is that we obey him. We do what he says. And that's really what we're talking about today. So, so we're going to pick it up in, in verse 15. And we're going, to, we're going to look at some different verses through this chapter. Because, again, he repeats it. And we'll come back to the, some of the other portions in the coming weeks. But he says in verse 15, he says, If you love me, what? You will what? Obey what I command, if you love me. Again, as I said, this is a relationship that's built on love. It's a relationship of love. So let's start there first. It's, it's, it's as I said, he loved us first, and, and we find this in 1 John 4. We love, or we love him, some translations say, because, why? Because he first loved us. We didn't wake up and say, oh, I'm, I love God today. No, we experience the love of God for ourselves and we, we receive that love that he has for us. And, and what the natural response was that we loved him in return, you see. So I, I kind of just stop and think about this for a minute, this idea that we're, 
that we love God. Jesus said, if you love me, that we love Jesus. And, and, and it's just kind of a relationship where we're, we're real people, but we're loving Jesus. We're loving the Father. We're, we're, we love God. We love God. Peter brings out an interesting facet to this in 1 Peter chapter 1. He says, as though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious Joe, uh, joy. Joe. No, that's coffee. <laughs> joy. We got to loosen up a little bit here, right? Anybody got a coffee I can share? You see, thanks, Mike, but no thanks. <laughs> I was talking to someone the other day and, and you know, they were, they were talking about, you know, well, they, they, they loved, you know, this person or, or they loved God or whatever, but they were having trouble loving the person. And, and, and I'm thinking, and I think I even said it, you know, if you can't love someone you see, how can you possibly love someone that you cannot see? You see, it's this, this concept of loving him. Now, loving people, and this is part of, of this whole picture of what, what Jesus is talking about here, and loving God, both, right? The greatest commandment is what? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Is kind of like the follow-on of that. So, so, but he says here, you haven't seen God. You haven't seen, none of us in this room have seen Jesus, unless maybe you had a, a vision or a dream or something, but yet you love him. You can actually love someone that you have not seen. Peter actually saw Jesus, but he writes these words because he knew there were, there were people and there were people that he actually shared with and, 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 and brought to Jesus that had never seen Jesus physically. But it's possible, and this is what Peter says, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you, you believe and are, are, are filled, you believe in him are, and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. There's something out about this love relationship that we have with, with Jesus, with, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that, that brings some kind of a joy in our lives and hearts. I think the most joyous people that I have ever met, they were just in love with God. And they were walking in that love. They, it was just like, they just loved him. You know, there's this gal, and I think about her from time to time in the neighborhood I grew up in, and, and her name was Mrs. Crabtree. And I won't hold that against her. She's passed away now. But, but you know, this woman, you just wanted to be around her. And there was like this joy in, in her, and she was very gentle but she loved God. It was just so obvious. She loved God. I miss her too because she was a prayer warrior and her and her husband would pray. For, and they prayed for us. They prayed for me and, and my family. And, and, uh, but it was just obvious. So, so I think the question, you know, Jesus says, if you love me, meaning not everybody does. He says, if you do, and so it's a question we, we must ask, do you love him? Do you love Jesus? That's not strange. 
That's not out of the ordinary. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command. So do we love him? And is it an obvious thing that you love God, that you have a relationship? It's a love relationship built on love with God. That's nothing to be ashamed of. In fact, it's something to, it, it, it brings joy. It brings uh, blessings into your life and into my life. I think sometimes we're afraid to let people know. We're afraid to let people know that we love God. Yes, I love God. We're, we're afraid to actually say that. Why? Because it's, you know, not everybody loves God. It's strange. You might not fit in. You might not, you know, go along with the crowd. Well, we, we talked about that in the first, uh, in, in verse 6 anyways, that, you know, the, there's a wide road and there's a narrow road. So not everybody's, if you say you love God, you love Jesus, they're going to say, what about you? You're a nut. You're a Jesus freak. You love Jesus like you are so strange and weird. But I think it's talked about in the New Testament and especially in the Gospels, you know, if we're ashamed of him and his word. If we're, not, you know, if we're afraid to let people know that, I, man, I got a relationship with God. I got a relationship with Jesus. And he loves me and I love him back because of everything he's done for me, you see. That's kind of infectious. Talk about viruses. That kind of thing is infectious. So, so that's the first part of this. If, if you love me, he says. If you love me, he says. And then the second part is found in here. In, in uh, the next part, if you love me, he says, you will obey what I command. You will obey. If, if we do love him, Jesus said, you will obey what I command. Now, you know, first of all, it says command, right? It doesn't say you will obey or you could obey what I suggest. If we really know him, We'll know who He is, and He is the Lord Almighty God. And if He, if, if he says it, it's, it's a command. It's, it's something we can take to the bank. But Pastor Chuck said this. He says, we may sing it. We may say it. But it isn't what you say, but what you do that counts. We can come to church, you know, oh, I love you, Jesus, and we're raising our hands and we're singing these songs and everything, and then we go out and live like the devil. There's, there's a little disconnect there, right? He says, if you love me, you'll do what I command. You will follow my word. You will do what I say. You're not just going to say, well, I love you. I mean, that's like in a relationship, right? A a marriage relationship, for example. The husband says, oh, I love you so much, dear, and then goes out and and cheats on her. There's not really a whole lot of love there, is it? It's it's called, he says the words, but it's not happening, right? If you love me, if you really love me, you obey what I command. That's what he said. You know, this love changes, it changes the way that we live. Or it should change the way we, that we live. Or is it like this? Well, you know, I really love Jesus. 
but I just don't want him to tell me how to live my life. I really love you, Jesus, but, you know, just you stay over there and I'll stay here. You do your thing and I'll do my thing. Jesus said, that doesn't work for me. Again, like in a relationship, you know, you've got this relationship. Well, I love you and I love you and it's going back and forth, but, but you know, it's, there's no connection. There's no, there's no commitment. There's no reality. The King James uh, Bible commentary says this, love is not sentimental emotionalism. It's obedience. It's obedience to the commandments or the word of God. So really, it's, it, it, it's, it's how, what goes on in our lives. How do we live our lives? And that's what will prove the love that, that we have for Jesus. It's not just some emotional response at some meeting, you know, and you, we get all, you know, excited. And, and, and I think it's good, don't misunderstand me, that when we have these times where we can get together and, and the Lord speaks to you, that he, he, can, he can reach your emotions. And that is really good. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. He wants to reach us. And again, it's, it's the whole person. But that, it can't just stop there, right? It has to go with us out there, right? If you love me, you'll, you'll keep my commands. I want you to turn with me if you have your Bible there, and I hope you do. Uh, and if not, I encourage you to bring it with you. Uh, jump back to the back of the book just before, like Revelation, uh, uh, f- f- in the book of 1 John. So we have James, Peter, John, Jude, and then Revelation. So it's just before the book of Revelation, you find the little epistles of John. And, and so again, the, the same writer who's given us this account here in John chapter 14 is writing here in 1 John. But look at 1 John chapter 5 and see what he says here. Because again, John was with Jesus, you know, for three, three and a half years. He, he, he knew him very, very well. But this is what he says, and he heard the words that Jesus said back there because we know that. We know that because he wrote them down for us. 1 John chapter 5 verse 3 says, This is love for God. What does it say? To obey his commands. This is love for God. This is love for God. If you love me, you'll keep or you obey my commands. And John says, this is love for God. It's like this is what it is. It's all about. It's it's obeying him and doing what he asks us to do. But I kind of like the second half of this verse a lot because he goes on to say, and his commands are not what? Burdensome. His commands are not burdensome. So he says, if you love me, you'll do what I command. But, but John tells us, he's not asking us to be superhuman. He's not asking that his commands are not burdensome. He will give us the ability to do what he asks us to do. I like that. His commands are not burdensome. So you can't say, well, you know, I just can't do what he asked me to do. And he says, John says here, but you can you can. Jump ahead a couple pages to Second John. That's Second John. It's just one chapter, basically. And look at verse 6. And this is love. 
He says it again. He says it in 1 John. He says it in 2 John. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. And you have heard from the beginning his command is that you walk in love. He says his command is this, that you walk in love. So if you love me, you obey what I command. And what are his commands? John says is that we walk in love. It's 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 love. It's loving God, like we said, uh, and, and of course, it's, it's much bigger than that. And, come in, and, and, you know, as we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, you know, uh, you know that might open up into a lot of different areas. And uh, as we love our neighbors, ourselves, obviously, that leads to doing certain things, living a certain way. He says that you walk in love. This is the, the command. This is his command. So this is, this is really kind of where we start. Do we, do, you know, if you love me, you'll, you'll follow my command. You'll obey my, what I command. And, and it's love. Love him and love our neighbor. Is there any love in our lives? I'm not sure that we really love him like we think we do if there's no love coming out of our lives. And, and John talks about that a lot in his epistles. If you say you love God and you hate your neighbor, well, guess what? You don't really love God. Back to John 14 now. If you want to jump with me down to verse 21. He says this repeatedly. So I think he makes a real strong point here. He says, verse 21, Whoever has my commands, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. But then, but then he goes and, and, and he, he, he kind of gives like this response from the Father and from Jesus to us when we love Him. So it starts off with he, he loves us, right? He first loves us. And then we love Him in return. But then He kind of loves us even more. He loves us back even more. That's kind of true in relationships sometimes. Not always, right? You love someone and they don't always love you back. But, but sometimes that's the way it happens. You love someone and they love you back, right? And, and it's not always the case, obviously, but that's what he's talking about here. He says that in verse 21, he who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love him and show myself to him. Verse 22, then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, he said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied in He didn't really kind of answer his question in one way. Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. He says it again. His commands and to obey obey his teaching. I I think about that, you know, like the Sermon on the Mount and the the teaching that Jesus gave there and, 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 you know, the, the Beatitudes. He says, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit. And, and he goes through all these things that we say, well, that, how could you be blessed to be all those things? But, but see, Jesus has a path. He has a way. This is the way he taught us. He says, if anyone loves me, you obey my teaching. And then he goes on to say, my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. That is so beautiful. Like I said, it, it, it just starts with his love and then we respond to him. 
And, and, then, he, and then he says that, that he will come to us and make our home, the Father and the Son, make our home with us, with you, with me. So we love him, and he just, it just gets bigger and better. It's like, you know, his response to our love for him is he comes and, and, and he makes his dwelling with us. Interestingly enough, that word there for dwelling is the same word where it says in the first part of John 14, you know, my father's house are many dwelling places. He's preparing these dwelling places for us to go to and be at. But at the same time, he says he's going to come and dwell with us and in us, the Bible teaches, right? So, uh, I mean, you have, to, you have to believe, you have to understand that, that he goes where he's loved and wanted. He goes where he's loved and wanted. You love him, he's going to come. He's going to dwell with you because you love him and you want him in your life, right? You want him. Lord, I want more of you in my life. I, I want to open my life more and more to you. Verse 24 kind of gives the opposite, the, the negative of it. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. So it's, that's, it seems pretty clear to me. Again, Jesus is making a very strong, clear point. Very simple. If you love me, you will obey what I command. That's the, the simple message that he, that he gave. Now jump with me down to verse 31. Because Jesus, not only did he tell us this, but he gave us his example, right? Jesus is our example. And look what it says here in verse 31. He said, But the world must learn that I love the Father and that I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. You see that example? He, he said to us, If you love me, you'll obey what I command. Jesus says, I love the Father and I do exactly what he has commanded. So this is the example that we have. Jesus loved the Father, and, and talk about a love relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's like, that is the epitome of what agape true love is, the Trinity and the, the relationship. So Jesus said, I love the Father, and I do exactly what he has commanded me to do. I do everything that he wants me to do. He gave us that example, and, and, and so we see love and we see obedience, kind of these two things, you know, joined together. Now, was it easy for Jesus to do what the Father asked him to do? You know, love can be costly sometimes because we know this for a fact that Jesus, it's, he laid down his life. He, he laid down his life in love. That's what the Father had commanded him to do, to go and lay down his life. And that's exactly what he did. He went to the cross. Look at chapter 15. Look ahead to chapter 15. We'll read some verses there. Man, he's always talking about love. Why is Jesus always talking about love? Verse 9, he says, chapter 15, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. 
Now remain in my love. If, again, here it is again, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. He says, I I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Love can be costly. It says he laid down his life for his friends. He said, this is the love. This is what, what my command is. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my command. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And then he talks about how, in his case, he had to lay down his life. But notice, I want to point that out again, because this also seems to be coming up over and over again. In the middle of all that, what do we find? We find joy. We find joy. Who for the joy set before him, it talks about Jesus, what? He endured the cross, despising the shame. He he knew that there was joy at the end of this obedience that he had. The joy was going to come. It was there. It was set before him. It's the same with you and I when we lay down our lives. For one another. Doing what the Lord has asked us to do. There's joy in it. I want that joy. I found a verse in the Old Testament too. And I'll, and I'll read it to you. But it's, it's found in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8. But it really says the same thing. It says, and he's speaking to the people of Israel. He says, if you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your forefathers. He will love you and bless you and increase your numbers. And he goes on to talk about other blessings as well. He will love you and bless you and multiply you. Why? Because we love him and we do what he commands. You see, there's blessings. There's joy in it. There's blessings in it. Finally, the last example I want to bring to you is a very familiar one and, and found in John chapter 21 where Jesus says to Peter these words, do you love me? Right? Do you love me? And, and I I mentioned that question earlier, you know, do we really love Jesus? And Jesus now speaks to Peter individually, and he speaks to you and I individually, personally, like no one else possibly can. He says, do you love me? He's speaking to Peter, do you love me? And how many times did he say that to Peter? How many? Three times. Like, is it once enough? Peter said yes. I guess he wasn't so convincing, right? Each time he says to Peter, do you love me? And Peter responds in the affirmative way. What what does Jesus then do? He gives him a command. He tells him what he wants him to do. The first time he says, feed my lambs. The second time he says, take care of my sheep. And the third time, he says, feed my sheep. And then in the, a little bit later in the conversation, he says, follow me. 
Do you love me? Peter says, yes. Okay, this is what I want you to do. If you really love me, you'll do what I ask you to do. And in this particular case, some specifics uh, for Peter were feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, and feed my sheep. Now, one, one thing I'll mention, and some of you are already thinking about this, and we'll get into that in more depth in when we get to John chapter 21, which could be uh, in the millennium, I think. But the words that Jesus used for love in that chapter, how many of you are aware of this? They're different words. The first time he says, Peter, do you agape me? Peter says, yes. The second time Jesus says, Peter, do you agape me? Peter says, yes. The third time Jesus says, Peter, do you phileo me? He kind of comes down to to Peter's level. You see, he kind of knew what he was and was not able to do. That's the Lord. That's Jesus. Maybe you're not quite up to agape yet. Maybe you're, you know, you're just, you you love Jesus and, you know, in in a limited sort of way, but you can grow. We all can grow, right? We all need to grow. Jesus understood where Peter was at and what he was capable of. He goes on in that passage too, and he, and he tells Peter, you know, it's not going to be easy. And he basically tells him that, you, you know, this love that you have for me, it's going to cost you your life. Are we willing, because of our love for Jesus, are we willing to go all the way? And, and, and it might cost us our lives. There have been many, many, many people in history that they've, it's cost them their lives, their faith and their love for Jesus has cost them. There, today, there are people that are dying because of their love for Jesus. Not so much here, though it could come, I think. Looking around, even what's been happening in our world the last even six months, it could come, and maybe quicker than, than we had expected. He told Peter, don't compare yourself to John. You love me. You follow me. So if you love me, Jesus said, you will obey what I command. And, and I think he's, he wants to speak to each one of us. Like, where are we at with him? Is this just some kind of thing we do? I go to church. I do this thing. Or do we really have a love relationship with him? Where he has loved you. He's loved me. And I, and I just love him in return. I, I, I want... I want everything that he has. I want to give my heart and my life to him. Is that really where we're at? Because that's what he's saying, isn't it? He wants it all. He doesn't want just Sunday people. He doesn't want just, you know, Wednesday people. He wants all of us. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you loved us. You loved the world. And you loved us individually so much that you sent your son, Jesus, to the earth to to really to love us, to show us what love is, and, and then to give his life because he loved us, because you loved us. 
And Lord, the response of that is really that we would love you in return. Lord, you know each one of us. You know where we are. You know what we're thinking. You know what we're thinking even right now, whether we're just going, this is ridiculous. Or, or maybe it's, Lord, I, I, I love you, but my love, it's kind of small. It's kind of maybe just phileo. It's brotherly love, not that real agape love. Lord, work in us, Lord. Work in our lives. Work in our hearts. Father, help us, Lord, we pray. Pray, too, for any here this morning. Maybe, uh, maybe you've, you've never received that love that, that Jesus showed when he gave his life. He died upon a cross for our sin, for your sin, and, and he rose from the dead, and, and he wants to come into your life and, and bring his love and make his home in you. And all you need to do is, is ask. Let him in. He doesn't go where he's not wanted, but if you want, you allow, he will come in. I know it. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I know it's true. So just pray and say, Jesus, please, I believe in you, and I, I ask you to come into my life, come into my heart. I want that love desperate for it. In Jesus' name, we pray together. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.